Okay, we oh started. We are officially doing it. How? I'm so excited. I can't believe after all of our talking that we're like here with our fancy microphones. Okay. <laughs> I know. I was like, do I put it like this? Like, how does this work? <laughs> yeah, right. It looks, yeah. Well, everyone, whoever's listening, welcome to the first episode of Sex Ed and the City with Drew and Dr. G. We're so grateful to have you here. Yes. Uh, welcome, everyone. Thanks for joining us and just <laughs> listening to us ramble and talk about all the things. <laughs> we have a very limited idea where this pod, like this trajectory of today is going to go. So I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah, for sure. Like, I think we have so many ideas that we want to share with folks. Um, I think what's going to be hard is only doing it for a short time because we could, you know, we could gab for hours. There's one thing we can do. It's gab. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So maybe we should just start out with like introducing ourselves because, you know, a lot of people we know will be here, but also just sharing like people we don't know a little bit about ourselves. Yeah, for sure. I'm totally down for that. Okay. You want to go first? Oh, I was going to say that. No, you go first. <laughs> yeah. No so hi, everyone. My name is Drew Miller. I use he, him pronouns. Uh, currently a health and sex ed teacher at Bard High School, which is a public high school in New York. I have been teaching here for five years. I just got tenure this year. I'm also a coach. Yes, you did it. Oh my God, you didn't tell me. Oh, I didn't tell you. Congrats. Well, they they don't even tell the school either. It was like, Christina had to keep emailing them and they're like, yeah, you're fine. So I did it (laughs) in a true Drew fashion. It's like a year late. I was doing it up until the last day to submit. If that says anything about my personality. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, I grew up in central Pennsylvania. I lived there for most of my life. Went, grew up there, went to college there taught there for a bit and then at around 27 I was figuring out my my whole identity coming to terms with being queer being gay and had to get the heck out of Dodge (laughs) so I moved to Brooklyn and I've been in New York now for solid eight years it's been amazing and so unexpected and just the 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 absolute best as you know Dr. G yeah that's awesome so can I like interview you for a second? Whatever you want to ask, yeah. So it's so consensual, you, right? <laughs> Consent culture loading. If you weren't a teacher, well, like, what was you, was being a teacher like? What you wanted to do, or you just happened to like have a beautiful accident into teaching? Or if you weren't a teacher, what would you do instead? Yeah, I get asked this a lot. And the weird part is that I kind of always did want to be a teacher. I oh. I loved my teacher. Also, happy teacher appreciation week. Oh, all is it? Out. Let's yeah. go teachers. Venmo it. all your teachers. Give them the monies. Right. I've always wanted to be a teacher. And I, I think that's like a blessing and a curse. Like when I was younger, I loved my teachers. I loved them through high school. I just loved school and the way it made me feel. I had really good relationships with my teachers. So I was like, you know what? This is what I want to do. And I kind of always, I never really ventured far from that, mm-hmm. which I think is like, eh, I kind of, I do wish sometimes that I had tried something else. But if I could do anything else, it would definitely be something, I think being a social worker would be great. But that's still similar to being a teacher. But also like a, how do I say this? I don't want to say celebrity, but like 
like a socialite. <laughs> oh, hashtag famous. Okay. <laughs> I would love to be like Insta famous or just like travel. Oh, well, here we are. Here we are. <laughs> Now's our chance. With our three followers. Yay. Shout out to our families. Um, <laughs> but you know, I think it's really interesting that you said that you always want to be a teacher because so did I. And there's this like common narrative, like in people not in education that, you know, that quote that I hate, it's like, if you can't do teach or people just became teachers to have summer break off or they couldn't do anything else. So they became a teacher. And, you know, of course people come into education in like so many different ways, but there are so many of us that like, that's a, we wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't think I knew I wanted to be a teacher in high school, but pretty soon into my undergraduate journey, I figured that out, you know? So I think it's, I think it's so important for us to tell people that, you know, and no matter how you came into teaching, it doesn't matter, but there is that really negative narrative about teachers that, you know, they couldn't hack it. So they became a teacher. hundred percent. Yeah. And we find like a lot of people, one are not going into it right now just because of pay and the workload. You don't hear a lot of people that are like, I want to be a teacher. Mm -hmm. it, it does kind of seem like a lot of people frame it as like an afterthought or like a backup plan, yeah. which is kind of sad. Right. Cause it is the most important job. Like, hello. I think so. Yeah. That's another day <laughs> podcast for sure about like our society and how we value education and teachers. Cause it's definitely different in other places for sure. Yeah. And you've done work in, well, let's get to your story too in a bit, but like you've done work in other countries and you've seen kind of how, how they operate in their systems and things like that. I've, I've only ever been and taught in America. Yeah. You know, it's just a different, in some places, it's a different value system on teachers and education. Um, even if it's a, you know, even countries that are poorly resourced, they may not have like the most richest schools, wealthy schools, but still the way teachers are treated is different. Um, yeah, we, we don't get a lot of love here. They are slashing yeah. our budgets. We don't get resources. Yeah, I, that's one thing I really like about my school Bard is like my teaching load is a lot less and there's a lot more freedom, um, which is why like if I'm in New York. Oh, wait, not... you're treated like a professional? <laughs> I yeah. am. Like, right, as you are, as you should be. <laughs> you're right. Yeah, that's my own internal shit, right? We are professionals. Yeah, and we should be able to. I mean, teachers have master's degrees, multiple master's degrees, and at Bard, so many people even have PhDs or their doctorate of some type. And so, but teachers should be respected regardless of which, you know, what their degree is, but it's wild. You know, people will say, oh, well, they're just a teacher. And I'm like, what do you mean just a teacher? When's the last <laughs> time you were with 34, 15 year olds at once? And then <laughs> you get, yeah. Teacher. And then you get into like, even within that, like the hierarchy of teachers, like uh -huh. it's always the science and math and especially a bar like ELA humanities, and, like the kids even are like, they won't, not as much to me, but like the PE teachers, it's just like, it's just PE, you know, like, yeah. Hey, they are also teachers. They also did all yeah. these things. Oh yeah. my gosh. I had a student once years ago, asked me, do you need a, deg a degree to do this job? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, when seen one of those times you have to be like, I'm professional right now, not Rachel. 
because, it, you know, one of those times you have to learn to just like, and let me not punch you in the face. <laughs> it's also like they were asking probably out of gen, I would assume out of genuine curiosity. No, he, no, he wasn't. He was being snarky. Okay. He's like, he literally said, oh. do you like need a degree to even teach this class? Like all like, he was very, oh, that kid. Anyway, that's. <laughs> That's a good time. That's all of our fun teaching stories. But yeah, I, I was just like, okay, right. Yes. Yes. Changing let's the talk culture about around that. the value yeah. of health <laughs> and how health is the most important subject. Like your math, you know, who cares what your math grade is if you're sick or can't get out of bed or can't like functionally move yeah. or you're having a, you know, so much mental, you know, health crises. Like no one Don't cares know. what your math score is at that yeah. point. And I feel like in our, my community, at least like the parents want more, like they want that info. They want it for their kids, but it's very much like a policy thing. Schools yeah. don't prioritize it. Uh, and I guess they, they don't feel the need to because what they, in New York, they need one credit and that's it. Yeah. So they're not going to put more in than they need. They're going to yeah. pack the other subjects. Yeah. Until graduate, until health education is a graduation requirement there will be not funding put into it. I mean, even in California, right? The state of California is doing great things around health education and sex education, yet it's still not a, gra a state graduation requirement. Therefore, districts can choose whether or not to have a health ed class, you know, and, and sex ed is part of that. So even the mandates that they have, it's still oftentimes a teacher with little to no training teaching and just saying, hey, hey, there's this mandate, you teach it. And that's not everyone. Of course, there's amazing mm -hmm. health educators everywhere doing great work. But until we have those mandates backed up by funding. Yeah, here we are. <laughs> yeah, we do the best we can and like yeah. try to advocate for more, but it's a very slow burn. And it's yeah. And it makes sense. I mean, how do I say this? Based on the way our world is right now and what's going on with people, it would you would think that people would want more of it because just like health issues, like mental health, like substance use is up. And, you know, I mean, they just don't, I feel like they don't take health seriously and that's for a variety of reasons as well. If, I don't know, I guess I just wonder if they took it more seriously or if the stigma wasn't there, like if things would be a little better. It just, it just feels like a losing battle sometimes. Yeah. Well, and I was hoping, you know, if we learn anything from the pandemic, right, this is the mm. opportune moment for health education to be like, okay, like we've been waiting for this. So people finally realize it's important and this, and I think in some places it is, um, it's still slow going. And I think, you know, health educators were, were burnt out from the pandemic as well. So I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, some momentum continues to to grow that Eric's people understand, but it's, it's sad that it's being overshadowed by all this political mm. hoopla of, um, you know, just homophobic, transphobic, all the phobias, all the isms, which is affecting not only sex ed, sex ed specifically, but in a, in a subject that's often taught in health and it's expecting health education. Um, yeah. Across yeah. the board. Freaking, I mean, we always use Florida as an example, but like if they're if they're even teaching it, which a lot of them are not, it's like, what can they even talk about <laughs> with all these bills passing? It's like mm -hmm. a little can they even talk about like anatomy? It just feels like so restricted, so oppressive. Such a bummer. 
Yeah, it's, scary. it's a scary time to be a teacher as well. Um, you know, I'm not in the classroom anymore, but, and I'm glad, you know, and I'm based here in Florida. I wouldn't have a job if, if I was in the classroom in Florida, I would not have a job now, nor like, how would I, I don't know, you know, as a high school health ed teacher, because, you know, stuff about sexuality comes up all the time. And even in your other units, not even just your sex ed unit, mm-hmm. so, you know, I don't know. It's kind right. of wild, but it's interesting, the shift, right? Because I started my career. So I guess I'll talk a little bit about yes. my, my <laughs> journey. So happen. yeah, I grew, actually grew up in Oregon in a very small rural town. Picture Friday Night Lights the the series which is like my favorite tv show of all time mm-hmm. many reasons we can unpack but um so i grew up in oregon very small rural school um and i was i like, could not wait to get out of there i was like gotta go this is not my vibe um and so i was just like i just for me the the way out was through education so i just did really well in school and I was like, I'm going to college somewhere. It doesn't rain. So, and I only applied to schools in Arizona because I was like, got to get out of the rain. And so I went to university of Arizona. Um, and I actually, my first major, my freshman year was media arts because I wanted to be a DJ on the radio and not like a party DJ, DJ, like a good morning. This is WKXY and, you know, blah, Welcome. Blah. <laughs> yeah. So it's funny that we're here doing this podcast. I'm like, oh, full circle. Um, but yeah, I ended up going to a, because I was, I had student loans and work study. I got a job in um, this organization called Project SOAR, which was Student Opportunity for Academic Renewal. And so I was tutoring middle school students, mostly like on reading um, and things like that. And I just fell in love with that project. And then I went to a major fair, like, you know, in like the commons area um, of U of A. And I met Dr. Sheila Parker, who is amazing. And she was the head of the health science department and they had a school health education branch. And I like switched that week. Like, I remember the purple little brochure she showed me with like all the courses that I would take every semester. And I was like, these are all the things I love. So I switched right then. And, um, and then I started my career in Long Beach, California, taught there for three years. And I moved to New York in 2004. Um, and my first year in New York, I wasn't teaching. I was doing, I had a, gotten my master's in public health at that point. And so I was doing some, you know, stuff with the health department, but I missed teaching. I was like, eh, these adults, let's <laughs> get back to the kids. <laughs> so I, so I got back into the school system in New York city. I tried out a couple of different schools, um, you know, urban education in New York, the largest school district in the country is it's a beast. Um, and so I had to find the good fit for me, but I ended up being finally finding my fit and I was there for 10 years. Um, I loved that job. And then in 2015, I was like, you know, it's time for something different. I started my PhD journey. I ended up doing a sabbatical in South Africa at the university of Cape town, um, and finishing my PhD and all my research there. Um, so I still do that. I still, uh, well, then the pandemic happened. So that's like a block. We'll just we'll talk about that another time. <laughs> but, but yeah, so then now I'm, I'm consulting and I'm working with teachers and schools and young people and parents, um, just really working through all this stuff about sex ed. And it's so, 
awkward for folks and that's okay. So how do they actually talk about it when they want to and say, you know, the quote unquote right things, right? There's not necessarily, Mm. you know, but you know, adults had the same sex ed that we did (laughs) little to none. So, you know, people out there just trying to do their best. And so that's what I'm doing. That's why I'm excited to be here in this podcast. I think that you and I can give some good insight to folks and just have fun while doing it. Right. We don't just be so serious. (laughs) Yeah. That's that kind of gets into like your why, right? We, I think we were going to talk about that as well. Like our stories, like what's your, also, I I think I knew that part of your story. You just told me earlier about like wanting to be a DJ, but I think Mm -hmm. I remember talking to you about SOAR way back when I've heard your, your journey. And it's, it's like the first time in your life, you're actually not one teaching or two in a university. You have like 15 degrees. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, I'm such a nerd. I love school. You I was like, should I do a postdoc? And no. then I went, Rachel, stop it. You, first of all, I'm past the student loan cap. So I can't, I can't get any more student loans, but I'm like, Rachel, just stop. Just, it's fine. We're but accepting donations you. for Rachel's loans, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> right. Know me. I'll send you the link. <laughs> oh, my student loans. Oh, I'm so nervous for what happens in June with the whole thing. But yeah, should I talk about my why a little bit? I would love to hear your why. Yeah. Yeah. So when I was growing up, I grew up, before I was like 10 years old, I grew up in a really, a house filled with a lot of violence, a lot of alcohol, a lot of drugs, um, lots of scary situations and things that people younger than 10 and many adults, you know, we should just shouldn't have to see and go through. Mm-hmm. And throughout, like when I became a preteen, a teen, you know, even things changed a little bit as I got older. I, I just really felt like I was doing life alone. I didn't have a lot of um, folks like guiding me. Um, and that's no shade to, I don't want to give any shade to my parents and the other people that raised me, which we can talk about another time. Mm-hmm. But you know, I really just felt alone in the world. And I so desperately just needed like, like I would search out like adults and ask them questions. Like I just want like someone like guide me because I was such a good kid. And I not that other kids are bad, but I like wanted to do good. And I had seen how, you know, my upbringing, I was like, that was not good. I don't want to be like that. But how do I not be like that? And I, I was always searching and not finding it and not finding adults that could like kind of guide me and give me some positive influence um, or at least the positive influence that I needed, you know, at that time as my perspective as a young person. And so I became a teacher because I wanted to be like that adult for younger kids. I wanted to be the person like I needed when I was that age because I was very lost. I was very like, what do I do? And because of how I was raised and socialized, I didn't talk about it to people. So I thought I was the only person like going through these things. It wasn't until I got older that I realized I wasn't. Um, But I just, so that's my why, like, that's why I became a teacher. And then why I do now is because, you know, I hate, I hate this narrative of who teachers are and and this, this negative thing. And I really want to bring like the realness of teaching and how 
joyful and it is and how hard it is and how like the things that we do and how we get to know our young people is it's just really a different connection that people can understand unless you do it. So I really just want to bring that you know, to the forefront and also help teachers like teachers deserve support and they deserve to have fun while they're doing their jobs because they're brilliant. And so I really just want to, I hope to do is, is help folks and support them as they need it, but also bring shed some light to like folks, not in education um, in a positive way. They're like, Oh, that's what it's like. Oh, that happened. And so they can really start to really just appreciate what some of our educators are doing and the challenges they're actually going through and also their humanness, like, and also their people, <laughs> like, can we be nice to them? So, yeah, you've talked so much about life. the, like feeling like you had two lives as a teacher, like yes. professional Dr. Gibson and personal Dr. Jean, you felt like you had to yeah. have these two identities. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, that was the hardest. That's, and it's still something I struggle with. Like I just recently made my Instagram public and I, it was really hard because as a teacher, I felt I had to have, I had to be, I was Rachel, but then I was Miss Gibson. And I struggled with these two personalities because as a teacher, you're held to a higher standard. But not only that, I taught health. It's like, no one can see me eating a fry or, you know, having alcohol or, you know, I had to be like, you know, all these things. And so I just, I had such this hard time of, of navigating my real self and my professional self. Cause also I'm not going to go to a bunch of high schoolers. Yeah. I was raging last night. Like that's inappropriate, you know, but I started teaching when I was 23. Of course I was going out, (laughs) but I wasn't like, you know, it's not appropriate. Hey, guess, guess I was so drunk last night. Like, no, that's not appropriate. But I I remember once I was at a club when I first started teaching one of my students' moms rocks up. (laughs) Oh, a student's mom. And she's like, Miss Gibson, let's party. And I was like, I have to leave immediately. (laughs) Like, I cannot party with someone that's in my first period's mom. Like, this is just like, not okay. Or this is in New York? No, that was in California. Okay. But like, Sorry. I've been out on dates and the kids and, you know, going out a, a date with someone, we've been drinking and there are the kids. Hey, miss. And I'm like, oh no. <laughs> Everyone's talking about who I was on a date with and this and that. And so I just struggled with this, like wanting to be a positive influence, but also being in my twenties, you know, cause I started two weeks after I turned 23. That astounds me. I'm like, they let me be in a classroom by myself at 23. I was like, huh interesting <laughs> the young ones care a lot yeah. like, usually oh. go above and beyond we're like old and jaded yeah I would work all the time I would take work home I would come yeah. home like I worked 14 hour days easily the first decade of my career working another job coaching like all yeah. things. oh coaching yeah it was a whole other job it's like yeah so you say when you were talking about this, you, you framed it in like the past tense. Do you feel like you, you also said you still struggle with like mm-hmm. the part about making your Instagram public. And do you mm-hmm. feel like there's been a lot of growth in that? Or do you 
Like, where are you at in that separation today? You know, I still struggle with it because as a sexologist, we, the research, we know that sexologists are often sexualized more. Right. So like, I don't even tell everyone what I do, especially new people, especially cis straight men. Right. Because often the first thing is, Oh, what can you teach me? And I'm like, I'm just here trying to have a coffee, like calm down. So (laughs) like, there is that, like, I can't tell everyone what I do. I get that too. It's like, yeah, I'm what like, do you teach me? I'm just like, <laughs> You're I'm in like also my ring light's not on. I'm an idiot. <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> Sorry, keep going. Yeah. So I don't know. So I do still struggle with it, you know? And I think, yeah, I still struggle with it. I think I making my Instagram public was, I mean, it's been private forever which is why I only have like 300 followers, you know, because, but, and I didn't, I couldn't, I can't do like multiple Instagram accounts. I just one. And so, you know, I had to go through like millions of times removing pictures that like of like of my nephew, I don't want pictures of like young kids, like to be in the public eye, you know, there's, there's pictures where I'm holding a drink and I'm, you know, I'm about to be 46. I can drink alcohol but I still deleted those because in my back of my head I was like ooh, ooh, <laughs> you know and part of that is social media right people can take things and, and say whatever they want but I, I do feel like I have to be more careful but I also think that's just some of my own issues about being worried about judgment and needing people to like me and <laughs> yeah. that type of stuff I Oh, I was going to say something. Now I can't remember. Yeah, no, it's really ingrained in us in teacher education to protect yourself at all costs. Mm -hmm. Like I remember like feeling fear of like them finding any photos, regardless of whether they were bad or not, like Mm -hmm. change your Facebook name. Mm -hmm. Everything is private. And like, that's been, that's been hard to unlearn, uh, but it honestly feels good. And it feels more for me, at least I feel like I'm more, those two identities are more of the same, same now, right? Like I don't see my kids out in New York often, but like last week, like a student like said, they saw me. <laughs> I was walking without my shirt on down Avenue a, cause I was going to the park. <laughs> As you do. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, I saw you without your shirt. I was like, or what'd she say? Me and my mom saw you. I was like, okay. <laughs> You're like, it's like, oh God. <laughs> yeah. Was I, did, was I holding anything in my hand? Like, what yeah, was I- <laughs> like, like, what was I doing? Well, like this feeling of like, oh God, like even, even when I'm not doing anything, I used to run into kids on the subway yes. and, you know, I used to run into kids when I lived in Washington Heights, I run into students all the time and I'd hear like from across this road, yo, Ms. Gibson, <laughs> I'd be like, freeze. And I'd be like, am I doing anything? I shouldn't be doing for a teacher. I'd be like, I'd have this anxiety, even though I'm like walking to like the seat, you know, Rite Aid, but I would be so- What am I doing wrong? Like, I'm like, is there something, is there a curse? Like, like a, like, did I just, yeah, I don't know. I was always bothered by that, but also like think about how much social media has changed, right? Like when I first started teaching, what Facebook was invented in like 2003, I started teaching in 2000. Mm -hmm. I got it 2006, I think, when I went to college. Yeah, it's it's evolved so much. I remember 
when I made my all my 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 Facebook my only account private because there was another teacher at the school I worked at that didn't like something I put and printed out printed out all my Facebook posts no highlighted what they thought was inappropriate and showed it to my principal I had a meeting in the principal's office with everything first of all who prints on my and it was like it wasn't even anything it's not like I was naked or like doing drugs or like something Yikes. <laughs> sounds like a I, Karen for oh, sure definite Karen so from I think that's the incident that really also triggered it more because I was like oh these people out here are vindictive they're just trying to get me in trouble so I'm like Ehh. oh yeah imagine that <laughs> who has that time I'm gonna print 17 pages and highlight what I don't think is correct like, what was I? That's yeah, like that's such like a nasty thing to do. So immature, so just like gross. Like boomers. live your own life. Like what are you obsessed with me? <laughs> like yeah, but the thing is, kids find everything. Like yeah. what was I? I was talking to a kid on the track team last week, and he's like, I must have. I forget what they said, but they're like, oh yeah, back in your modeling career, and I was like, what are you talking about? Like I've never been a model, and they pull up a picture. From my, it's, it's the the picture of me vaping. Have you seen that one where it looks like yes. professionally done? Yes, yes. Of course, somebody found it and it's just like been screenshotted so many times, like little words on it. And I'm just like, yeah, that was for fun. <laughs> I was not modeling and also, damn it, that they have this photo. <laughs> <laughs> the memes. Oh, the memes. Oh yeah, we should give a shout out to the meme page at some point. They oh, are hysterical. So good. But- <laughs> I know we don't have a lot of time left, but I want to hear about your why. I don't think I know your why. Maybe I do. Why for teaching or why for the podcast? Both and. Yeah. I was, I was reflecting on this before and I think why did I start teaching was because I love school and that just felt like a natural progression. It felt like something within my capabilities. I'm a very like safe kind of risk averse person um so when I started I I think that's definitely why and I really enjoyed it I felt purposeful and then when I was like coming to turn again coming to terms with being gay uh just seeing I don't know I learned so much about myself from the young people and they've given like some of them came out to me and then like literally gave me the courage to come out to my friends oh, they, wow. I just felt so I don't know they give us so much and that was so yes. such a special part for me. Um, so yeah, part of like going to grad school at Widener, which I didn't know, it was kind of subconscious. Uh-huh. We both got our master's in human sexuality. You got your PhD, but like that was definitely a way for me to process my queerness. And mm-hmm. I definitely did not know that at the time, but figuring that out was like pretty powerful. Yeah. And, and now, that's how we met. And what a great friendship it is. Oh my God. Yeah. You take, we've taken care of each other. I feel like. Yeah, for sure. But Rachel got me this job at Bard because she was transitioning out to a new role. And I was like, thank God, get me out of this charter school. That's running into <laughs> the ground. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, now I view teaching. Uh, it, it's like a, a way to like liberate. Honestly, the mm. shit we are talking about in health class yes. is the most important. And I'm not just talking mm. about like how to be safe with drugs. I'm talking about dismantling homophobia, transphobia, mm-hmm. racism, sexism, um, anti-blackness, things like that. And it's just, mm. 
it really is powerful because you can see the kids like want to talk about it mm-hmm. and they and they care and the ones who are like saying things is just because like they don't understand I yeah. truly believe that every kid cares and wants to be a better person and this is a mm-hmm. like it is the tool to do it you talk about yeah. everything through all these lenses and oh uh, if I think that's my why now it's like I I feel like I'm making we are helping especially in the shitstorm of a political world, like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Better values, I guess, better, but yeah, more accepting, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I think it's what I think it's amazing that you're getting this opportunity to do that at this time, right? Because it is such a critical time that young people need a space and a voice to really work through some of this stuff mm-hmm. because, you know, they've been with their families and their communities and, and that's great. And also, especially like kids with a lot of privilege, like there's a time when you're learning about yourself and you're learning about others. And especially what I love about Bard is it is such a diverse school that they're like, oh, they can really like have a chance to to learn and and grapple with some of this stuff that is, that it's hard. It's not easy to talk about race and sexuality. And those things are hard for adults, let alone when you're like 14, 15, and you're just like, what's happening? I just want to be cool, you know? Um, And so I, I I really commend you for, you know, cause so many teachers have left and, you know, rightfully so it's a hard time to be a teacher, but I really commend you for sticking out with it and doing the work with the young people at this time, because, you know, I hate the phrase now more than ever because everyone use it, but seriously. um, Yeah. It's, it's a time to really get into this stuff and to really educate our young folks. It feels good. And like these young people are still learning it, but they already know a lot because they're so exposed to like Mm -hmm. social media and things. So they're coming in like every year, it's like they know more than the years before. Like mental health is a totally different game Mm -hmm. now. They're like, when are we talking about it? And like, they have all the things already. It's it's cool. So that's enabled us to kind of push the rigor bar a little farther. Mm -hmm. Um, But as for my why for the podcast, it's definitely like a pleasure project. Like you're my bestie. We've talked about this forever. We vibe so well. I think I've kind of felt like I've been doing the same job at Bard for like five years. So I'm kind of just like, I change stuff, but like some days are just like, okay, like I've done this lesson before. So I'm like looking for something else. Like I started a TikTok as well, which has been joyous. And this just feels like something we could both do really well and have a lot to offer. And I think everyone is super curious about what we're doing. Every time I go out and people ask like what I do, it's like, I'm a teacher and they're like, what are you talking about? And then it's always like, they're sharing their experience. And and most of the time it's not good, but it's like, everybody has a, a, what is that? It's like a tie or like a a curiosity about what's going Mm -hmm. on because it's only things you're hearing now is bad stuff and banning stuff. Like what are the joys? What are the successes that, what are the kids like, (laughs) you know? Are you like the sex educator of your friend group? I'm trying to think. I'm, I would say so. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Especially with like, I was thinking like, (laughs) yeah, with like gender and stuff and like terminology Mm -hmm. and and like sexual identities and things like that. Mm -hmm. Lots of questions. Mm -hmm. Are you, I'm definitely getting the vibe. Oh, a thousand percent. (laughs) 
at the sex educator for my mom. She's like, oh, my friend has this bump. Can we send you a picture? I'm like, no. Bump? <laughs> you know, like, oh, like a breast bump? or something. No, like a, a lump on her vulva. And oh. they're like, can we send you a picture? Tell us what it is. I'm like, no, <laughs> absolutely not. Or like, you know, you know, I just, it, and it's what's interesting because I'll be with friends and they'll be talking about things. And I just, I tend to just be quiet because I have this thing. I don't want to be the know-it-all because mm-hmm. I've been told I'm a know-it-all, but they'll be talking about things. I'm like, this is a hot bubbly mess. Like, absolutely <laughs> not. And then they'll ask me and I'll be like, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting for this. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. I'm like, I'm just like listening sometimes like, Ooh, Okay. Or like a friend of mine, who's a teacher, she had uh, someone come into her classroom and do a sex ed lesson with her kids. And then she's like telling me all these things. She's like, did you know this? I'm like, yeah. (laughs) And if those, and so she works at the school I used to work at. I'm like, and when they had me as a teacher, they knew that as well. So it's just funny. Um, Yeah, I do. I try to just do a lot of listening though, because, you know, I'm so, I just don't want to be the, well, actually friend, that's annoying. I like to bring most of my stuff. I wouldn't even say is with sex. I think a lot of it, especially being like a cis gay man, is with like talking about bodies and mm. foods and like these like anti fatness things that people are saying mm. that they don't. Yeah. Really I feel like that's the shit. Like I'm like mm-hmm. constantly. I don't want to be the call out person, but I'm like people are doing this all the time and just don't know they're doing. Yeah. It. A thousand percent. Oh my God. It drives me wild, but it makes sense. We don't talk about it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I find myself talking about relationships a lot. Right. So I'm, I'm single. I'm not married, never have been married, have zero plans or desire to get married. But when, so people in my age group are either just like that or wanting to get married and not finding someone or married and many unhappily or unfulfilled mm-hmm. and some, a few married happily. So it often comes to talking about relationships and, and children and, you know, and those type of things. Um, and then now it's, we're starting to talk about menopause a lot because now we're all at the age where that's creeping up on us or many <laughs> of us are already in it. So it, 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 in circles with other women, that's kind of like the conversations I'm having, where before it was more when we were younger, like talking about like, you know, how to anal sex or what is this STI mm-hmm. or, you know, or telling people, people, a lot of people, especially like straight folks, a lot of uh, women don't know about PEP and PrEP. And yeah. so I'd be like telling them about, they're like, wait, what that exists? Cause it's not really marketed um, to that population. So that's how kind of like I am. <laughs> with the friends that's a really good point like changes based on where you are in your life yeah. your age things like that yeah I wonder what conversations I'll be having yeah I mean we look back and like how our curriculum and stuff has changed yeah. like what's it gonna look like oh in so different yeah will I still have a job <laughs> you will in New York you will um final question we should probably wrap up we've been trapped yeah. for a bit yeah. Do you, I was thinking of like a question I could ask okay. you, and I think I know the answer already. <laughs> I need to okay. ask some that I don't know. Do okay. you have a favorite podcast that you like to listen to? And if not, do you have like a TV show that you like or are watching currently or a book or some, some okay. entertainment? Yeah. Well, 
my, I really love memoirs. Mm. So I, that's my favorite type of book. That's what I love to read the most. Um, so I actually just finished Minka Kelly's, um, uh, memoir. It's called, uh, ask me anything or tell me everything. Who is, should I know this person? I feel Minka Kelly be ashamed of yourself. So it's from the, she's an actress and she got really well known from the TV show, Friday night lights, where she played Lila Garrity. I could do a whole dissertation about that. I'm going to look her up. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, no, seriously. It's an amazing show, but I just read her memoir and it was surprisingly, not that I didn't think it was going to be good, but it is so much better than I even could imagine. And very, for many reasons. So I just finished that. So I love a good memoir. I want to write my own. Um, yeah, we have. Yeah, that's what that's I, I do. I, I'm trying to do a lot of reading that is not um, academic these days. Yeah, because, keep it keep it fun, yeah. keep it light, keep it pleasurable. Yeah. What about you? I I think yeah. I know the answer also, but <laughs> I listen to I don't listen to podcasts a lot, but I do listen to like stuff to get the news. So I'll do like the daily or NPR. But my favorite, which is I want to send it to you because it's just hysterical. Mm-hmm. There's two drag queens from RuPaul's Drag Race, Bob the Drag Queen and Monet Exchange, and they're best friends. And they do it's called sibling rivalry because they're like drag sisters Uh or daughter sister but it's it's just them talking about the most random things and they're so silly and so funny so I'm like at the gym listening and just like ah (laughs) you know (laughs) I I envisioned us like them yeah because we're just so silly and fun too yeah um books I I'm in a book club uh so reading Giovanni's room right now which I've already read great book uh yeah so love it not too much tv at the moment yeah oh my gosh well I can't believe we are just finishing recording our very first episode we've been talking about this for like a couple years now yeah Um, but I'm so what I'm excited for is this like journey and to see where it takes it you know where where we go with it and to invite some of our amazing like network on to to chat with us and you know to talk about all the things we know so many great people and even if nobody wants to be on it, like we can sit here and do this <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all day anyways. To ourselves, exactly. <laughs> all right. Well, I guess signing off episode one of Sex Ed in the City. See you all episode two. Bye, Bye. everyone. <laughs>